All right. Well, welcome back. It's been a while. Just kind of had things pile up on me back to back. And we're in Romans 8. We did verses 8. I did with Susan Carrion. <laughs> she was the only person who came last time. Oh, this was last week? No, not last week. It was um, oh, back four to- weeks ago. Okay. Uh, she was the only one who came. So we did verses 1 to 8. Um, so we're going to start with verse 9. Now we're starting to get towards the hard stuff. Romans 8 is still easy, uh, but when we get to Romans 9, then we have our challenge cut out for us. All right, so Romans chapter 8, verse 9. And uh, Kim, would you please read 9 to 11? But you not, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But the Spirit, uh, but if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give the Spirit to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. It's interesting. King James Version says the spirit mm-hmm. to your mortal bodies and I have life. That's what, that's what the new King James says as well. So now I'm, I'm tempted to go to the Greek part. Greek. And I think we don't have a Greek New Testament here, but we have you can always tell when scholars have come to a consensus on something when all the versions have the same thing. And they deviate from the King James. You know there's been discussion behind that. Okay, so Romans 8. And that was verse 11. But if the Spirit... But if, on the other hand, the spirit of the one who raised up the dead, Jesus, that is the spirit of Jesus who raised from the dead, dwells in you, oike, houses in you, (laughs) that's oikos, is house, then he who, who, who raised up Christ from the dead will quicken also, your mortal bodies on account of... So it is spirit, it's pneuma. Hmm. Most versions translate life. Trying to make it make sense. Is it just kind of playing on the analogy that the it spirit is spirit, is spirit, The spirit versus the, the spirit that we lost when we die. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And that's the problem with, with modernizing it and making it understandable is that you lose the literary nuances. Mm-hmm. That happens in Hebrew a lot. Well, I understand our spirits. We're taught about the Holy Spirit, aren't we? But the, the, the first spirit is if this will give... Oh, wait a minute. We'll give life. I looked at the wrong word. Fortunately, turning the page, the spirit raised him up. Quick and also interesting. The mortal bodies... Yeah, that's there. We'll give, we'll quicken. Okay, the quicken is to give life. That's where we get it, it's from the verb. 
But it's a reference Bible. That's what it says. Uh huh. Quicken means to give life. It says give life. That's what the King James says. But the other versions say give life. Oh, and that's where. Okay, that's why they changed it because it means the same. It means the same. Quicken is an old English word. (laughs) Quicken the dead. So, any thoughts on this? This use of the flesh, what does that mean? What was the question again? What is the flesh? What is the flesh? Paul uses it a lot. The flesh is our, is our human spirit, isn't it? Our human condition. Right? Our sinful nature. Our sinf- yeah, it's usually used to mean our sinful nature. So, our, our life in this finite world. You know, that has an end, a beginning and an end. Yeah, yeah, it can mean that as well. Uh, I, I had to look this up. I, I was uh, reading Akkadian this week, or reading about Akkadian, and it came to the word sarku in Akkadian, and I believe it means flesh. So the Greeks got it from the Akkadians, possibly. Uh, Does it also mean thoughts as well, though? No. It has to do with... I'm going to use... I'm going to use Ellen White terminology here. Animal, and the animal nature of human beings. The animal, when she talks about the animal nature, she's talking about lust, but, but she uses animal nature, animal propensities uh, to denote uh, easily giving over to rage, uh, giving over to fear, and particularly giving over to desire. So the way we would act left to ourselves. If, if, if we didn't use our frontal lobes... Mm-hmm. This is Sark's. But it's it's not really, I mean, I can't quite specify, but it's not really animal because animals are creatures mm-hmm. and we're subjects. What, 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 that, that, that okay, that's, that's 18th century understanding. But the 18th century understanding is built on the, pre, the belief that if we were, did not have our frontal lobes, we would be just like other mammals. That's, that's what it's predicated on. Mm-hmm. So it's us bereft of our frontal lobes. And truly, in anger, in, fr- in lust, in fear, this is shut down. And yet I know a lot of animals that behave far better than humans. Well, it's not <laughs> that exactly. It's not <laughs> an animal. It's not yeah, an animal because issue. Animals can even be, can make choices. Some animals. Altruistic. Some, some animals. I'm not sure. Cats, cats don't have frontal lobes. Dogs have some. That's what I was told by someone who worked in a vet's well, office. Yeah, and some have more than others. <laughs> I know yes. from my experience. Yeah. Like, for example, our big male, Neo, he's, extre- he's rough, but he's extremely gentle with our granddaughter. How does he know that? He just knows to be gentle with her. So he's very rough with me, even though he's very loving. He likes to play rough. But with her, he's, he has a lot of patience and he's very gentle. Well, he, he loves Jean, too. <laughs> <laughs> when my sister had her babies, the dog, uh, an Alsatian, used to go and tell her when the nappy needed yeah. to be changed. Yeah. She'd go oh, and tell my sister. That's <laughs> and she'd go and find that it was true. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that, that, yeah, there's there's something her. there. So, yeah. 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 So we're to human concepts to animals. Mm-hmm. The animals are creatures. We have to keep that in mind. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying... And we're subjects. 
I'm not saying that that we're just like the animals or that this is referring to just like the animals, but it, I'm, I'm saying that if when an animal is frightened or you stir them up and mistreat them so that they become angry and hostile, that can happen to almost any mammal. Or when they're hungry and they want to be fed, nothing stops them if you put food in front of them. It's that level of basic life that is reflected, I think, in SARPs. Primal instincts. Primal instincts. Yeah, that's another way of putting it. So that's how I see flesh. <laughs> well, it's interesting because, you know, my background's in economics, and like economics assumes everybody thinks rationally. Oh, boy, how realistic is that? Like, not. You know, like, that's a very unusual time that you would think rationally. That's where the whole field of behavioral economics kind of, you know, developed and so forth like that because, you know, I mean, anger, habit, you know, a lot of things, you know, circumstance, you know, know, fear, exactly, appetite, all these other things drive us and so forth. And then anxiety, all these, like, Mood disorders, and everybody's got some kind of mood disorder or another. I mean, I don't know hardly anybody that has some kind of anxiety trigger. That's actually a book out there, and I forget the title, but a friend of mine was telling me about it because she's been doing a lot of research on the brain. Uh, It's unmasking marketing and how our children have been programmed by marketing to want certain things. They've been programmed to want sugar things so that their brains are immobilized by too much sugar so that they make all the wrong choices to feed the marketing game. And the candies are brightly colored like natural beautiful fruit. Yeah. Right? They mimic the colors of the natural beautiful fruit. Well, why does Apple make a product that is named after a fruit? And they seduce us into getting more and more and more and and wrecking our brains because we're on on um, screen time. How many times? Some we know of teenagers who send thirty texts a night or more, mm-hmm. or more. Mm-hmm. Thirty texts. I have kids like in class and so forth. They're texting each other. One from you know almost sitting right next to each other rather than having a conversation. You know, or in the business department. Well, at least we're not making noise. They can even when there's no even when no no classes going on, rather than having a conversation in the same room, they're texting one another. So, so in my opinion, for what it's worth, Sarks belongs to the right side of my chart that deals with the things we invented: chart, economics, kingship, and law. Not Sarks, the spirit, belongs to the left side of that, which belongs to the creation models of nature, following nature, natural law, living in harmony with nature, family, and Sabbath. But you know, that, that, let's don't throw economics completely under the bus because it's been perverted. But the way God designed it, we, it need, was to, giving we, we need to produce to the, consume, and we need to consume to be able to continue right. to produce so that like this whole... This whole cycle that's but, natural. But consuming part of it. and producing it's like breathing. Our love. Yeah. Right, uh, right. You have to exhale and inhale. Right. You know, right. You can't just do one. Right. 
and, and rightly but, understood, like we're really for this, like I'm, you have gifts that I don't have, and hopefully I have something that you don't have, and, and so by together we can make both right. our lives better. Right. You know. But that's that's gift giving and that's love mm-hmm. and, and receiving mm-hmm. and and all of that's the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. But we yeah. stripped the love away, mm-hmm. and 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 started selfishness, mm-hmm. and then you have what uh, Jonathan, uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. Uh, says is this lack of altruism and lack of lo- of trust and trustworthiness that if you don't have that economics goes really awry. So I'm not saying there's no economics. I'm talking about the kind that we developed yeah, based on self-interest, yeah, yeah. the Adam Smith kind of <laughs> economics. So anything else in this? Note that we don't aren't the spirit of God. We have the spirit of God dwelling in us. And if we don't have the Spirit of Christ, we don't belong to Him. Mm. I think that's what they mean by Christians in name only. Mm. Saying I'm a Christian, but not having the Spirit of Christ and not living by the Spirit of Christ. But if Christ is in you through, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. So Paul really takes a radical approach, doesn't he, to the flesh. We're supposed to be dead. We're supposed to die to that. And he, he talks, if we, if we were to put 1 Corinthians, is it 1 Corinthians 5? He talks about the resurrection from the dead. That we will have a spiritual body. The body we have now is not the body that we will have when God resurrects us from the dead. That's interesting. I mean, it's hard for us to fathom that. Yeah, and so it's like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, we could get really carried away, I think, by that, and unnecessarily so, possibly. But it is something to think about that what we have now that requires clothing to cover in our shameful parts might not be what we have in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. The shameful parts, or what are you talking about? No, we consider them shameful. We still consider them shameful. We don't, we don't parade them around in public. It depends on culture. That's true to a certain it's, point. It's very cultural. But there's, there's fewer and fewer cultures that thrive on displaying those parts. Well, for example, my wife and I, we're a little bit like um, natives. When we're just together, you know, and the dogs are with us, you know, okay, you know, we're kind of back in the Garden of Eden, but um, not—I mean, not where other people could see us. But you know, if it's just <laughs> the, the four of us, but like if the grandkids come, like, you know, like we got to hurry up and throw something on acceptable, you know. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's I've, just, I've heard of others doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not that we're like we live like that all the time. We don't run around the house like that, but like we're very comfortable. You know, yeah, with no air conditioner. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's one thing we won't wow. miss about PC. Love you, PC, but we will not miss the no air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. But it, that's another example, like where dogs are just so innocent, you know. They don't, they don't think it. Like, you know, like you're, you say you're, you're naked around your granddaughter. Like, Grandpa, why are you naked? Obviously, I would never do that. But a dog, like, okay, whether you got a suit on or you're completely naked, they, well, see, they see, don't the, care. That's the, <laughs> what is it, the state we come into the world in? Where we're, we totally have no self consciousness. Yeah. We're not aware of ourselves. Right, right. We just simply are, mm-hmm. and we live. And so, for to run around naked for a little baby, 
18 month old or, yeah. or two year old. Doesn't matter, but you take that child a couple of years later and oh boy, you better put some clothes on me. <laughs> but in Europe, they don't. Nudity, even in families of people any age, is normal. I remember mm-hmm. we having uh, dinner with some friends. And uh, he's a doc- medical doctor, and the first time he went to Europe to meet uh, his future bride's family, uh, her brother came out. I was like, oh, nice to meet you. It was the middle of the night because his plane had arrived late, and he was completely naked in the <laughs> what, hallway. How old? He, oh, he would have been 18, 19, Oh, my 20. stars. Okay. And From he was embarrassed because he's, well, he's a medical doctor, but he yeah. felt embarrassed because in America you wouldn't do that. No. But in mm-hmm. Europe. You throw a bathrobe on. Interesting. In fact, his future bride didn't even know you were supposed to wear a swimsuit when she came to Andrews to swim because she was so used to in the public baths in, was it Denmark or Sweden? You don't even wear a swimsuit. It's mm-hmm. not required. Christina? No, 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 no. Oh, it's completely different people. Uh-huh. But I'm just saying different attitudes. Yeah, it's different yeah, attitudes. Yeah, yeah. It's all it mm-hmm. is. It's different attitudes. It's basically like the, Greece, right? the body yeah. is more they did their, consider their, a body is just mm-hmm. a vessel to contain the essence of who we are, like your Jane and Frank and so forth. That is, it's more of a way to keep us in a identity rather than just spirits floating around. So it's not so important the body other than that. What it looks like. Well it, it does feel like Paul's being a little Greek here in his understanding. I'm trying to think if there's any Old Testament antecedents to this. Other than the Garden of Eden story. And they were naked and ashamed. Originally they were naked and not ashamed. Oh, right, and there's nothing in this story that, if I understand it, that talks about their body parts or how they looked or anything. No, that's uh, assumed. We know they found Adam and Eve in a cave in a lot in the mountains because they didn't have umbilical cords, no belly buttons. Other than that, uh, that's fiction, isn't it? Well, well, <laughs> you know, I, we I don't heard, know about I what they had umbilical cords. Anyway, <laughs> but. Uh, it really doesn't relate to their body at all until it didn't say, except they walk with God. But, Wait, but except that the woman will now and have childbearing well, with after pain. They, That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Is then after they, got they into fall. The body part. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Is after they fell. Then they got into We the have body. the body before then, suddenly a becoming vessel. a shameful thing, a yeah. thing not to be. Uh, uh, it's a thing that can suffer. And the fear was attached to the body. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of symbolism and reality about body and fear. And mm. But nowhere in the Old Testament it says that it's a sin to see someone naked. It's not a sin. Other than the cover, yeah, I think it's more of a cultural the, thing. Uncovering it? the nakedness of your father, to, that means having sex. That means sex. having sex with someone that's inappropriate. Yeah. But the fact that it's uncovering the nakedness of someone means that they were normally covered. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm sorry to go back to not trying to, um, but if they were naked and ashamed, weren't they, were they all they also naked and ashamed because they knew that they had done wrong and they lost innocence. They lost 
I mean, the, the, they, they gain knowledge yeah. of evil. I think even more than that, just, it's very possible that they lost their covering. Right. Mm-hmm. That they had a covering of the light of God's glory. Much like what Moses, when he came right. down after being in God's presence. And they lost mm-hmm. that, and that was terrible, shameful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more than just the naked body. Yes. They lost their connection. Their connection, but their covering. They were actually enshrouded in light. So that their actual, their, actually Paul never talks about the private parts being shameful. He talks about them being honorable. The ones we honor the most, we cover up the most to protect them. He, he talks about it very differently in, in First and Second Corinthians. We'll have to revisit this when we come to that. This nudity in the Roman world was not an issue. Yeah. It, it was not. It was part of what was publicly acceptable. So that's why he doesn't address it. Yeah. Okay, anything else? Our time is about up. We got three verses. We did three verses. Nine, ten, and eleven. And it'd be like a pretty good easy verse. To give life. That's how that's how other translators translate it. That's what it says mine, but that's what you determine. It is what it means. Yes, it means to give life. Well, I think we missed the boat here on what Paul's really saying. That if if we aren't into our amygdala, our hippocampus as much. Give a campus some because that's where memory is stored. But, but if we're not in the lower parts of the brain, but we use the frontal lobes, and those are the lobes in control, the spirit can live in us. It doesn't mean he will, but it has, he has a better chance of living in us mm-hmm. and using us. And if we are in, in the spirit, we are in Christ. And therefore, we will be raised from the dead. I think that's Paul's overall yeah. uh, t- uh, message here. And, and he's t- clearly metaphorizing. We've taken it kind of literally. We've, he's clearly metaphorized this whole thing, flesh and, and spirit and life. Um, so let's try to keep on in that vein as we move on. Next week, we will move on into the most important parts, or at least the most beautiful parts of this chapter. Gene, can you send Berenice or I um, the link so we can maybe listen yes. in from Dayton? <laughs> yes. Because one thing good, we can be done with church and Kettering and, and still listen to Sabbath School. That's here. true. That's true. You can. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Don't want to lose so, Sabbath School. <laughs> so, uh, www. Okay. G-N-A-G. G-N-A-G. Okay. Okay. Dot org. Okay. And... There's another one that is not as accessible. That is, the person is a very busy neurologist who doesn't have time to okay. always get the the most the latest thing up. Uh-huh. But he also does house it, and that's um, www.godscharacter without an apostrophe because you can't do apostrophes. Okay, right, right. So godscharacter.com. Yeah. So, and if you lose it, just email me. You yeah. know my email yeah, address. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, thanks. I got it. Got it. Let's have prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you for John and Bernice and their presence in this class. We've truly been enriched by having them with us. We ask that you'll be with them as they begin the road of moving and, and all of that. 
you will give them everything that they need for this trip and for uh, the work ahead. Pray that uh, you will be with us in all of our ways, that we will be of the Spirit instead of in our, the primal nature that we all have had. We ask that you will be with us to guide us and to direct us. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm.